everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today you're listening to episode 82 and I'm talking with Molly Ludlow. Last week we did a re-release with Molly. She was actually the fourth episode on this podcast. So we did a re-release of what we talked about the first time around and this week we are talking about what's going on in her life now. Molly is a retired middle distance runner. She competed in the 800 meters and ran professionally for Saucony for several years. Listen back to episode 81 for all kinds of information on Molly and her career. And in the episode last week, we talked about her preparation going into the 2016 Olympic trials. This episode, we talk about what life looked like after the trials and what she's up to now. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Molly. And before we get started talking with Molly, I want to thank Kind Snacks for being a part of this podcast. The sponsors of the show make it possible for me to take time and do this and create the show and make it the best I possibly can. So I really appreciate the sponsors and I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to me tell you about the sponsors. If you're anything like me, you grab Kind Bars at the grocery store and they're like $2. You can get them for a much better deal if you do it this way. They have a snack club and I'm actually part of the snack club. I am a paying member of the snack club and I have the bars sent to my door. They come once a month and you guys can try out the sample box for free of charge. All you have to do is pay for shipping. You can try 10 Kind Bars for free. That's what I said, for free. All you have to do is pay shipping and that's $5.99 for that. If you guys go to kindsnacks.com slash Lindsay, what I love about Kind Snacks is they are made in the United States. They're made with ingredients you can recognize and pronounce. They use high quality, nutrient dense, whole ingredients like whole nuts and whole grains. When we left the Y today, I packed snacks for the car ride home because you know you cannot um, go anywhere without snacks and a two and a half year old. And he had a kind bar. And what I loved about that is I knew that he was getting high quality food and he was getting lots of good protein from all the almonds that were in his kind bar. And I just love that my kid will pick up a kind bar and eat it. That is awesome. So you guys, to get more information and more details on the kind snacks deal with the snack club and the free trial box, go to kindsnacks.com slash Lindsay and check it out. All right, this is my last plug for the live show because it's next week. It's next Saturday. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see all of you guys who have already got your tickets. I'm so pumped. I actually went out and had some wine and fun with friends last night, and Maggie was there, and she was cracking me up. And I was like, hey, Maggie, can you please bring this A-game to the live show next week? Because if you can just, like make me laugh like this on stage or in a chair in front of a bunch of people, that's all we need for this live show to be a success. So she had me feeling really excited about the event. So we're running Indie Women's Half in the morning, and then we are celebrating in the evening at 6 p.m. downtown Indianapolis. I will also be at the expo from noon to one and four to six doing a little bit of a meet and greet and a little bit of pre-race interviews with different people who come by. So it's going to be fun. Come see me at the expo. You guys go to lindsayhine.com to get your tickets or just stalk me on social media because you know I'm posting about it like every day. And one more thing I want to mention before we get started is I'm recording a Patreon episode this weekend with Ashley Fizzerati, who is coming to the live show as well. So really excited about that. 
If you guys are looking for more content from me, you can get two bonus episodes a month by supporting my Patreon page at $5 a month. That's it. And what that does is it helps support the production behind this podcast and also gives you, hopefully, what I think is great bonus content. You guys can go to patreon.com slash Lindsay if that's of any interest to you. All right, guys, enjoy my conversation with Molly. I feel like that's going to be really uncomfortable for you to sit like that. I mean, I'll just keep doing this. Okay. I'll just back up a little bit, too. Um, City women. I know, right? So this is my second recording with Molly. I'm so excited. It's funny because the first time we recorded, I think you were my second interview ever. I think it was right in the beginning. Yeah, I was probably really nervous. And you came to my house, and this time we're at your condo. Yep. We're sitting in the uh, the new baby's nursery here in one month. Yes. Um, Making it work in this small little space. Yes. And so I left my house at 551, and I got here at 558. That's how actually close we live to each other. Yeah. That's awesome. And... So we can just talk about this right from the start. So everybody, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to it because it was a re-release from my first conversation with Molly, which was episode four of the podcast. So anyway, we are sitting in Molly's downtown condo, downtown Indianapolis, in her new baby's nursery that is due in four weeks. Yep. I'm... Um, almost 36 weeks. Wednesday I'll be 36 weeks. So I have one more month of empty nester before I have this new baby. I'm, I'm, but I'm so excited. I wish she would come out right now. And it's a boy. It's a boy. Yep. You had no plans to not know the gender. No. We actually, yeah, we found out, um, we couldn't wait. We actually had no doubt that it was a boy. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't even imagine it being a girl because... Um, Reed's, Reed's side of the family has the last 39 Ludlows to be born. There's been one woman. Wow. 39. (laughs) The last 39 to be born. There's been one girl. So there was no doubt. And I'm actually having a gender reveal party on Tuesday for my sister-in-law. And we're not really concerned about it being a girl. (laughs) It's going to be a boy. She is going to die if it's a girl. Oh my gosh. The whole family will. So I want to talk about gender reveal though because I, so when we did, we found out with my first, we didn't find out with Lewis, our second, and we did find out with the third. I was like, okay, I had the surprise. That was cool. I want to know. Because I, I kind of like with the third, I was like, I want to know if I'm having a girl because I need to like emotionally prepare for that. Yeah. Um, but what was I going to say about that? Oh, so I went and got my ultrasound. You have to tell me how you did this. Mm-hmm. I went and got my ultrasound and had the ultrasound tech text my sister-in-law, who then, like, made a cake mm-hmm. with, like, the icing in the middle. So I had this, and she gave it to me in an envelope. So I had this envelope in my room for, like, three days. Yeah. So it was similar. We had them write it down in an envelope. Okay. And I drove it to the bakery and left left it there. Yeah. And then came back. Um, I left it there for like a week. <laughs> and <laughs> like, then, here's the boy. Here's the, I didn't know. Yeah. But you like assumed. I just knew. Yeah. 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 You didn't but know, but you I did know. I went in there and I was like, now make sure you don't ruin the cupcakes. Like don't, don't squish them all the way to the bottom. I don't want to see any icing. Uh huh. Um, and so I came back and, um, I had, we had a bunch of people over here and we actually did it where there was only one cupcake with 
blue or pink frosting in it. Oh. So everyone had okay. white frosting except for one cupcake. Okay. And it ended up being um, my sister-in-law's little boy. Robin and, and Clay's little boy? Yeah. Aw. And so he couldn't, I mean, these cupcakes were huge, so he couldn't take a big bite, and he couldn't get to the icing. And so everyone had taken their huge bite, and there was, we were like, I was like, what happened? They forgot to fill one of the cupcakes, and then... Um, Robin took it and just shoved it in her mouth and <laughs> ended up, you know, finding out it was a boy. So, not surprising there, but it was really exciting. Um, so this is exciting, and Robin, or Robin, um, Molly has the cutest pottery barn. Is it pottery barn? Mm-hmm. Furniture in here at the gray. I was saying when I walked in, like, everything's gray these days. Like, I want to yeah. paint all my walls gray. I want to paint all my furniture gray. I just bought a gray coffee table. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, when we moved into this condo down here, it looked like something from... Like the '60s, and oh, did you do all the painting and everything? Oh yeah, it was uh, fully carpeted. The whole really? place was. We changed this carpet's not the same, but yeah, I mean, Reed. I looked at Reed and we walked in. I was like, no way. And nope. he was like, just you can change it. Like this is a great, you know, great deal, great location. This is exactly what we've been How looking for. How long have you for. been here? Um, three, just over three years. Okay. Okay. Um, so the last time I saw you, well, okay, wait, no, the last time I saw you was probably at the Monumental Mile. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, oh, and you ran really well. I had a good race. Yeah. And then after that, I had to take, like, four weeks off or something. Cause you I was, did? Yeah, I was worried something was wrong with my foot, and it ended up just being, like, an overcorrection thing. It wasn't a big deal, but uh, I was, like, paranoid. It was a stress fracture. Yeah. But you were, like, the official starter, weren't you? <laughs> it's like, the the starter, and I was trying to scare all the girls that were running the mile. The, the elite girls. Yeah. Because you weren't start, you didn't uh-uh. start the, because I ran in like the open female. Yeah. You weren't there for that. No, I was, I started Later. them and I said. You're like, I won last year, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I said, I said, well, I just want to let you guys know that the, the finish line is a lot farther away than it looks. Yes. So don't go out too hard. And they were all like, like kind of laughing, but like kind of scared. And I was like, haha. I feel like nobody touched the time that you ran. No. no. I think they ran pretty conservatively i probably got in their head a little bit what did you run it in when you did it um i think it was 432 no big deal 432 maybe so and that was 2016 right that was 2015 oh that's right Mm -hmm. because then the next year i was pregnant with russell yeah and the next year i really wanted to do it but my i was it was right before the trials yeah kind of and i was having like a really rough first half of my season and my coach Mm. was like very adamant about me just like focusing on the, the couple races that I had leading up to trials. And I remember why I couldn't go to that race in 2016, this one. I love going. I love doing this. It's right out my front door. It's oh, a it's perfect so workout. Fun. And it's fun, yeah. But I was like, I remember thinking that I had, like, I was so far behind. Mm. And then it was right around the time of the mile where I was like, oh, wow, I'm in really good shape. I just, yeah. it had taken me a while that season. Do you, okay, so, but Molly's an 800-meter runner. Does it make you more nervous to run a mile? No. No. It's like, it's actually less nerve wracking for me because the expectation's not there. Sure. Um, and the roads are so much different. Yeah. It's like a completely different sport. Is the, what, is the pain different? Yeah. What's the difference? Um, the, the mile pain's probably worse, I think. Because it's longer. Just because it's longer. longer. I'm much more of a, let me just get this over with. Like, I'll take, you know, maybe 45 seconds of pain versus two minutes which I feel like 
I feel like at a thousand meters, you start feeling pain in the mile. Because so. I would say, is that what you're saying? Like the last 45 seconds of the 800 yeah. is when it really hurts? Mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, like I would say at 500 meters, you're in like a lot of pain. Yeah. That's where it starts. And like in a mile, it's like, I just finished, I just crossed halfway and I'm like, this is awful. Let me ask you this. Um, obviously on the track you don't, but when you would do like the monumental mile or something, and obviously that's just like a laid back fun race for you. That's mm-hmm. nothing serious, but do you wear a watch and do you look down at all? No. No. The you only time I've ever, hard. yeah, and I've actually, like, I have tr- I have thought about that and, like, have tried to, to think about, like, looking down and, like, pacing myself, but when you're, when I was just in it, I never, I never did. I've looked at my watch one or two times ever, and it was when I was pacing, a, like, a Diamond League 1500, and I needed to be, like, exactly mm-hmm. on to get, to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I would look down at, like, 300 meters just to make okay. sure I was, like, in the right yeah. frame of mind. Um, yeah, that mile, I feel like the girls were like 445 or something this year. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, I think it was close. It was just under 450, I felt like, uh, the times were, so. So next year you'll be like eight months postpartum. Uh huh. <laughs> you'll jump in the elite division. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Why I, not? I've kept up running. I've been running. Um, like five miles every other day. Sometimes I have to take a couple days off. I get pretty sore in like my hips and stuff. But for me, it's more of like an emotional connection that I still have with it. I'm just like, it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much physically, but like emotionally, it makes me feel right. good. Um, well, I think that at the Monumental Mile, you only have to be under 530 to like register as an elite in the elite field so you can just like jog that in at like 525 if you really want to <laughs> i hope so man 530 sounds fast right now though i mean it is it's fast yeah i feel like anything under six minutes like your legs yeah. are turning pretty yeah. fast okay so molly you're due with your baby in four weeks mm-hmm. and you're in nursing school yep so was that kind of and, and i want to get back to the trials a little bit and just like coming mm-hmm. off of that and i know that's like a big emotional thing that yeah. you've worked through um but was this kind of like your plan all along, no matter what was going on with what, no matter what happened with the trials? Yeah. So my plan was any, you know, the plans always are like perfect in your mind, but mm-hmm. the plan was to, to literally be at the Olympic trials and make the team obviously, and then make a baby in Rio. That was the, that was the plan. I mean, I had in Rio. Yes. No worries about Zika. <laughs> no, I, exactly. And, um, and that, I mean, I was like, that was the plan all along. Yeah. And then, and then not making the team kind of like, it didn't change the plan, but then going to Monaco and running, you know, a second personal best to the hundredth actually, um, changed, like changed my plan for a couple months. And then I reverted right back to what the original plan was. And I knew that I wanted to be a mom and I had been waiting to be a mom for probably, I don't know, maybe three years. And I'd watched my sister have three kids and I was just, you know, giving that up to be an elite athlete. And so I, I was ready for it. Yeah. When you say it, uh, took a couple more months, is it because once you ran that time in Monaco, you were like, uh, I should, might as well like race some more. Yeah. Because I had, um, there was another year where, um, th- there was a- another team to make the next year and I had run, so much faster than I thought. I I thought that my coach thought that I could run that fast, but it was so much faster than I ever thought that I was going to run that season. And then it kind of confused me a little bit because it was, 
I was so ready to do that. And then I did it. And then my agent was like, you've got to run one more year. Sockney's going to sign you. You know, you could, you're just on the up and up. Like you just can't stop now. So then it was like this, I was getting pulled in like kind of that direction. And it seems very appealing when you're running fast and your life is going crazy and you're in your running, you know, the fastest you've ever run before. Like it's very appealing to, to think I could do this for one more year. But then when your season's over and you get home and your off season starts and you're hanging out with your family and you're with your husband and you're kind of like, no, actually (laughs) that's not what I want to do. And I was getting talked into it by not so much anybody telling me like you're doing this or you, but you know, it was people contacting me being like, I hope you're not done running. You're Mm -hmm. like, I, like I watched you run that and that's just the beginning for you. You know, those kind of things were kind of like, it was, and it was, and it was so nice to see that people were like, wow, you really are like excited excited for for me to keep going. Um, but at the end of the day, it just wasn't what I really wanted to do. Yeah. And I actually started training. I came back from the off season. I started running, started doing my like base training that I, (laughs) that I hate. What's the base training consist of? Just like starting back in a mileage and then Mm. working my way to the highest mileage I usually get in like the kind of fall turning into winter area, which is Mm -hmm. like 50 to 60. I mean, I try to hit or close to 60 at some point. Um, and I just found myself kind of like dreading, Mm. like, and being like half in and half out. And I've never been like that with track. It's been all in or all out. And my off seasons, I'm all out and I'm in season. I'm all in. And, you know, Reed will tell you, I'm just, it's like, I'm just like a machine. Like mm-hmm. I, nothing will affect me. Nothing will phase me. And if, if I'm, if I'm in season, that's my priority. So I, my coach could kind of tell. And I remember going to practice this one day and it was pouring down rain and it was in the early fall, probably like earlier than this. Maybe I was down in Bloomington and I just walked up to him and I just made this face and he's like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that this isn't what you want to do. And I was kind of like crying mm-hmm. and like, and then I, I drove home and I didn't regret any of those decisions that I had made, like in my head. I had, it was kind of like a split decision that had been coming for a long time. And then I, I just started driving and I called Reed and I was like, I'm done. And he was like, well, I figured you would be sooner or later. <laughs> Did he expect that? Yeah. I mean, he was going to be supportive, whatever. Sure. And it wasn't like, he's not, he's a guy. So it wasn't like he was like, I want to have a baby now. Right. Like, I want to do this now. It was, um, he, he was doesn't ready. think in terms of like ovaries, clock is <laughs> yeah. ticking. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely like a process that I had to go through. Um, but after like the, the hype of my season that, you know, ended in a good way, yeah. technically still has kind of like painful memories associated with it, but after it ended, it took me a while to, like, come off of that excitement of it to, like, really remember why I was doing what I was doing. Mm. So. So, are you... Is it painful to talk about the trials still? Not really. Good. I've been kind of... It's it's kind of weird, like, when I started nursing school and meeting these people that I had never met before, it... That was, it was kind of strange to tell them my story. Like, oh, by the way, yeah, yeah, people just don't expect to meet this elite athlete that and, ran the Olympic And, Prize. you know, like, if you're not, like, 
associated with the sport at all, you kind of don't realize the gravity of it. Totally. So it was kind of, I kind of liked it Mm because I was like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) I can just tell them that I ran track at IU and that I tried out for a couple Olympic (laughs) teams. And then that was kind of like the extent of it. And then, you know, people started picking up on Uh things here and there and, um, but it's still awesome that they don't really care. Yeah. And I know that if I were still, you know, engulfed into the, into the elite athlete world, traveling and competing still, it would be hanging, you know, over my head. I feel like more than, so it hasn't, it hasn't really been very painful. Of course I don't, I wish I was talking, I had, um, lunch with my friend, Rebecca Tracy the other day. Oh, okay. She's, she's a professional runner. Is she professional? Yeah. She ran for Wiesel for a little bit. Um, not anymore. She just actually is, um, going through residency for med school. So she's very busy. No big deal. But we were talking about just kind of like after the fact, we were kind of just kind of reflecting on last season and she, um, did she run in the trial? She did. And she, what did she run? She runs a 15. Okay. And, um, she made it through the first round and didn't make the final. Okay. And she was like, I just, I just have these like wonderful memories associated with like, like I was at the Olympic trials and I made it past the first round and it was, I literally poured every ounce of my heart and soul into it. And so that's the story she mm-hmm. can tell people. And I wish that I had that story. Cause I don't, I have like this, I don't yeah. really want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it's painful and I'm not proud of what happened. Yeah. And she's like, man, that's, that really sucks yeah. because I had this other but I, wonderful Is that feeling. because you kind of went into the trials, um, with different expectations? Like you were, you pretty much knew you were going to go to the finals yeah. if you didn't fall or mm-hmm. something crazy didn't yeah. happen. So like, cause based on our first conversation, it's kind of like, you got to make it through those rounds and then the race is the race. Yeah. Is, do you think that that's kind of why you're, yeah, looking back for sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the expectation was just different. Right. And I, like, I guess there is no other choice. Like, I could have been like, well, I don't really think I'm going to make the team. It would have made it easier if I didn't make the team. Yeah. But it, I was going to make the team. Yeah. And that was the only thing that was in my mind. So that's why, I mean, it was, it was what I was expecting didn't happen. And that's always, like, the painful part of it. So, yeah, the, so you, I was looking through this earlier and I, I remember so clearly, you know, like watching, watching the race and <laughs> yeah. everything and like jumping up and down and be like, what, ah, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, but after the race, you, you know, you post on Instagram, like you don't know why things happen and you think you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. And mm-hmm. that, you know, when you got to the line, you were like more emotionally ready to like run the race of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, what, like, what were those feelings when you were like, coming down the finish where you just like, how did that happen? Yeah. And it was something similar had happened in 2015. We had, um, I think, I think Maggie, Maggie fell at like 600 meters, but I guess the trials, it was more like 700 meters, but, or yeah, around 700. But, um, Maggie, mm -hmm, I think she fell at in 2015 and, like I lost my footing, but I, but I remember feeling like I, like tensed up, but I didn't really lose my footing like I did in in the trials. Mm-hmm. That was way different. But I remember like training myself after that, like expecting something like that to happen, and being like, if that happens, you just dart in one direction and just start sprinting towards the finish line. And so 
it wasn't even like it was unexpected because I just, that happened so much. Mm -hmm. And I really thought that I like, I thought that I had done exactly what I could have done at that point. Yeah. And I darted maybe too far outside and Mm -hmm. that would have, you know, that, Mm -hmm. you know, you can keep thinking like that 0.04, whatever it was. Right. You know, maybe if I would have not tried to dart so out of the way to get out of the mess, Mm -hmm. then maybe it would have been different. But you know, it happens so fast, especially in an 800. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily look like it, but it's, it's happens so fast that you're not, obviously you're not prepared to, to have that happen. So I just remember, I just remember seeing like Brenda because Brenda was the one that was going to win. Mm. And I remember... Is that, is that really that's what, what I thought. thought? That's what I thought. I mean, Based on what was happening on the, during the race or before the race? Before the race. Like the... Like the Training. The, the two trials. The, the trials coming up to it. Okay. Like the, the rounds. And I just... Like Brenda and I were texting beforehand. We're like, we're going to make this team together. Like we literally wow. were like... So then I, when I saw her go down, I was like, oh my gosh. Like what is going on right now? Yeah. I didn't even know who else was involved. I just yeah. remember seeing Brenda and being like... Are you serious? Like she was, she was going to be in contention for a medal. That's what I thought. Mm. So I was thinking beyond that. And then all I could do was just like not fall and just dart out of the way. So yeah, (laughs) I mean, it was really confusing. And afterwards, the craziest thing was afterwards was the most, it was like an eerie feeling because everyone was kind of like, um, so are we going to redo that? Yeah. And you should have seen how many people come up to me saying, don't worry, it's not over. Like you're going to, they're going to have to rerun this thing because like really the, like three of the five people that were involved were supposed to potentially make the team. Yeah. And Kate Grace obviously was going to make the team that day. She was ready to go. And that was awesome. But, um, it was just like, okay, well, no, they're not going to rerun this. I'm not going to get Did you ever upset. think that? No, I thought, you know, there was like a split second when I was in drug testing when I was like just glaring. <laughs> and I remember being like, I just want to get through drug testing before the three that made it come in. Yeah. Because I don't want to have talk to, to anybody. No. Just, just because just you were sad? So sad. And I didn't want to, I didn't want any more sympathy. I was just like hiding in the drug testing room. Um, so was Kate Grace a total dark horse then? Like, was she even on anybody's radar? Um... I mean, yeah. I guess everybody has to be like, on your radar, but... There was, like, a lot of talk during the trials about mm. Kate Grace and mm. how, you know, you don't you don't know. Like, yeah. she is really ready to go, mm. and she's... And, you know, there was a lot of talk within, like, the Wazell team about how focused she was about making the team. And, and not that I was paying any attention to that. You really can't pay attention to any of that yeah. stuff. But... Um, and you talked about that a lot in our first interview. Like, you were... I remember specifically you saying, like... When you get to the line, like, the people that are going to win are the people that have that part figured out, like, not yep. focusing on that and just focusing Absolutely, on your yeah. race. And and it helps. The only person that I focused on during the trials was Brenda. Mm. And it was because she was, she's, she's such a good competitor that I knew that whatever she had planned was going to be a successful. So were kind of like... Yeah, like, I'd always, when she, she races a little differently than me, she kind of comes from the back. And mm. I can't do that. As much as she can. Is that because it stresses you out? Um, or your kick's no, not as strong? She's just she just has a stronger kick. Okay. Her, for sure. Um, but I just, I ran with her in, um, I think, one of the, one of the trial, like, one of the rounds leading up there. And I just felt really comfortable with her mm. in the race. And so I kind of just felt that comfort with her. 
So, and I knew she was going to make the team. Yeah. I mean, I was like, she's going to win. So that's who I'm following. That's, yeah. that's what I'm doing. And, um, so that was the only person that was, and she never gets in my head cause she's, she texts me like she really wants me to do well. Her husband Aww. and her have always been very supportive of me, but everyone else, like you can't really yeah. know everyone's yeah. out for themselves. That's how track mm-hmm. is. So, um, that was kind of the only comfort I had going into it and I wasn't really paying attention to anybody else. Um, it really makes you think about the the mishaps that happen, like the tripping and stuff. Like, I was watching a race recently that Jenny Simpson was running. I don't know what it was. It was, when I was in Grant, it was like a few, it was early August. Was there Worlds? It was Worlds, Probably Worlds right? Yeah. yeah, in London? No? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, she was like totally boxed in. And she, it looked like she literally had to like, she, oh yeah, you probably know what I'm talking about. She had to, like, jump to the inside, and she passed on the inside in the first lane, and people were all going crazy, like, that girl never should have let her in. Like, she never should have been able to get in. Do you know what race I'm talking about? Yeah. I'm sure you were following it and watching it. Yeah, and, you know, the crazy, (laughs) like, that that passing on the inside situation is... Is that, like, so dangerous to do? It's it's very dangerous to do, because at any point, you could just get pushed into the track. Um, It's very hard to do, because you should never have that opportunity opportunity to do that but you find that lane open a lot because people don't want to get boxed in so they Mm. stay outside so then there's this space and almost everyone's running on the outside of lane one and so she probably just she's obviously one of the most tactically smart Mm. runners it was clear that like she knew what she was doing she's like i'm going Uh, you you see people like her and like matt sensuitz they know how to do that like they have it figured out such they're like they're like the smartest racers where mm-hmm. they see the inside lane and they just don't hesitate. Um, and that's what Kate Grace did mm-hmm. in our race. So she yes. was on the inside the whole time and the whole fall happened and she just stayed on the rail. She just went for and it. it. She was in perfect position and she won the trial. So yeah. And that was a PR for her, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. By a lot. It was mm-hmm. like one, was it one fifty eight or one fifty nine? One fifty nine. I yeah. think, um, like flat. Like and low. then she did good at the and Olympics she ran too. Yeah. Maybe the final. Yeah, she's she's amazing. And I mean, that was her that was her shining time right there and she just hasn't looked back and she ran the 15 this year, so. And now she runs for Nike. Yeah. That's crazy to go from Wazelle to Nike. Yeah. Quite a transition. Huh? Yeah. Um okay, so how do you move on from that? Like how in the like Okay, so well, okay, before we get there though, let's talk about Monaco. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You decide, when did you decide you were going to go do Monaco? Um, so, like, just like this, like, the, the previous seasons when I've been really disappointed at trials, which has happened a lot to me. I mean, yeah. there were three teams that I missed by a total of, like, a, half, a quarter second. Fourth place both times. Yeah. All three times. All three times. So, I mean, I was always just like, oh, my gosh, like, I should just give up. Like, uh, This is insane. I remember reading, like posts online and they were like she needs a couple glasses of wine i was like yeah i do like mean people (laughs) yeah just like you know like that sucks for her yeah Yeah, it does it really does especially when you're the person going through it but um i just part of the reason was i was so fit Mm. and i was so pissed and when i run pissed i run really well Mm. um that's kind of like a common thing for me is after the trials or after USA's when things haven't gone exactly the way I wanted to, I always run really fast. So, um, you know, there was opportunities to make a lot of money in Europe and 
that's kind of like that. I mean, obviously it's appealing to you when you're fit, you might as well. Yeah. So, um, my coach was like, well, I would just, just go for it. I mean, you're not going to be able to get into the big meets because you didn't make the team and they'll talk, they'll take, especially on an Olympic year, they're going to take the top three Americans before anybody else. So I was kind of waiting on Monaco. Um, I was running kind of like smaller races. I think I ran in Hungary. Um, I think I ran in um, Belgium, a smaller race. You were just like popped over for like a weekend to do races. <laughs> yeah, like I had random I countries. My agent had like three set up that were all pretty small, and uh-huh. then and then some like maybes, and then like if I got into Monaco, then I would cancel the the maybes. So did so? Did they have to invite you to Monaco? Is that how that works? Yeah, okay. I mean it's like you're on, you're on the wait list sort of thing. Okay, um, and then I think it was like 48 hours beforehand. Um, I was like about to go to a race, and my agent called and said, "You're you're in." So that was and, and Monaco's like the track. It's like the okay. track. It's the Diamond League race where everyone okay. runs really fast. And Brenda was talking about how that's like a fast track, and I was trying to yeah. I was trying to have her explain to me like, what does that mean? Like, how is yeah, it fast? It's like the the climate's perfect. Okay. Um, there's never really any wind and it's at a time in the season where people are like about to run really, they just run really fast. Okay. There's it's timing. Um, and like, there's so many world records on that track. So, so you thought you were in shape to PR, mm-hmm. but you kind of like blew that out of the water even more than you expected. Mm-hmm. It was like my previous PR was 158.68, and then I ran 157.68. So mm-hmm. it was literally a second, which, um, I was not expecting. I thought maybe I could run 158 low. Mm. I never thought I would see 157, that's for sure. And then a whole minute in the 800 is a lot. A second. When you're that fast. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. A whole minute. <laughs> yeah. You just so. ran one lap. <laughs> but no, yeah, it was... Yeah, like when you're only yeah. running 800 meters. It's a, it's a lot of time. Yeah. Um, and that made you the seventh fastest American woman to ever run. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. To, wait, how, did I say that right? The seventh yeah. fastest American woman to run the 800 meters. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it was, it was insane, and and it was it was a weird day because they had a terrorist attack mm. a couple miles away from the hotel the night before, like when we were all sleeping. So were you? Did you know about it when you woke up? When we woke up, like my roommate had this like look on her face, and I was like, "What's going on?" She's like, "My mom texted me like fifteen times, like two miles from here there was a, a terrorist attack in Nice, France." Mm. And Monaco is literally two miles just down the road. It just turns into to Monaco from Nice, France. So, um, and then, you know, my mom was looking at it on the news. And, of course, it's six hours later. Yeah. And so it was just like this. And I was like, I'm I feel fine. like I remember you marking that you were safe on Facebook or yeah, something. Yeah, probably. people were, like, all reaching out to you probably. Uh-huh. Yeah, so the whole day was weird because they thought about, like, canceling the meet at one point. Um, but they, you know, they had put, they put so much money into it and they, I, I think they felt like it was a safe place. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was like the day, the day was all kind of like, everyone was at breakfast talking about like, is this going to go down still? (laughs) Thank God it did. Right. But yeah, the race, I mean, the race was just. Now was Reed with you there or you were there by yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was there by myself. Um, but the race had, you know, all the, the, the girls that medaled at the Olympics. Mm. So we had. Cast, they were, were they in your race? Uh-huh. They were in your heat or whatever? Yeah. Oh, Castor. So, like, Castor was there, and then Marguerite, and then me and Saba was in my race, too. And those were the, the medalists. So, I mean, I knew if Castor's in the race, it's going to run 155 or, you know, 156. So What's her what's her PR? 
155.1. Okay. I feel like she always chills in the back, and then she's like, well, see you later. Yeah, I mean, she could break the world record if she wanted to, yeah. which is 153-something. But Really? Who yeah. holds that? Um, it's from the the year before I was born. Oh. And it someone from... Like, Czechoslovakia. I mean, she was, like... Not... Not... Not, not on drugs. <laughs> yeah, she was not not on drugs. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Castor could definitely do that. Yeah. And I remember... I, the only thing I remember, and it was, I wasn't paying any attention to the clock, which is the best thing to do, um, but I remember feeling like I was, like, walk, like running, like, lightest on my feet I've ever run. Like, it was just, huh. it was a feeling, like, you probably had a PR yeah. feeling where it was, like, that was kind of easy. Yeah. Um, and I remember at it 600. Felt good the whole time. Yeah. At, like, 600 meters, I remember, like, looking and, like, being, like, really close to Caster. Mm. <laughs> and I was, like what is going on? And am I about to just die? Or like, why is Castor running so slow? And why, why is she so close to me? And why do I feel so good still? Yeah. Like she should be so far behind me right now. I mean, so far in front of me right now. Yeah. I, just, I don't know what's going on. And then I crossed the finish line and I obviously had no idea, but there was some of the Americans who had just run the three K. I think Gabe, Gabe Grunewald and, um, Nicole Fuentes from Canada, and they were both, like, screaming, like, they oh, my you. gosh, do you know what you just did? And, I mean, one of the best m- memories that I, I can remember. So that was obviously, you know, much needed mm-hmm. um, after after the trials. And then the, the interview was really emotional afterwards because I was like, well, yeah, this is what I had. This in, is what I had in me. Yeah, that is what I had in me the whole time. I mean, it was a week later. I think it was July... 12th, mm. I think, was Monaco and... Or no, July 1st through the 10th would have been. Yeah. Well, it was right after the trials was when Monaco was. So, I mean, I, that's how fit I was. Yeah. I hadn't done anything more. So... Yeah. It was just, you know, one of those things. I rewatched that interview before I came over here today just to, like, freshen everything up in my mm-hmm. mind. And, yeah, it was emotional. I think you almost started crying at one point. Or did oh, you start crying? I did. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So... Looking back, what were things that you did after that? Because clearly, like, that was so soon after the trials that you weren't anywhere near emotionally healed from that. No. It's like, what did you do to get to a place where you're like, I'm moving on? Um, for me, it was to move on from that. It was to completely stop. Mm Hmm thinking about track when you said you had that conversation with your coach Mm -hmm. it was like just the escape of it because it's it's very difficult when you are struggling and then you're watching people that are just they're going to the olympics they're Mm -hmm. doing this and that and you don't ever want to like wish ill will on anybody but that's what it becomes because Mm -hmm. you're so jealous that you wanted to be there and Mm -hmm. they're there and you're not and i didn't want to be like that so I think the month after Monaco, I kind of just escaped, went to um, Michigan, which is, we have no cell service. So I was, oh nice. you know, it was those kind of things. It mm-hmm. was take me away. Let's go on vacation. Like I'm, and that's what I had to do. Like I, I, at the end of the day, it's kind of like running away from, you know, something, but, um, it's just going to take time. Yeah. 
All right, guys, before we continue my conversation with Molly, I have a couple sponsors I want to thank for supporting this podcast. And one of them is Casper Mattress. Casper is a sleep brand that created an outrageously comfortable mattress, solid directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. Its award-winning sleep surface was developed in-house, has a sleek design, and is delivered in a small, how-did-they-do-that-sized package. What I love about Casper mattresses is that they are a very affordable price for a very high-quality mattress. They have free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada, and get this, they give you a 100-night trial with free, no-hassle returns, and if you're not happy, they'll come back and pick it up. They have over 20,000 reviews with an average of 4.8 stars. It's quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress. It's designed, developed, and assembled in the USA. You guys, you know who has a Casper mattress is my grandma, and she is into it. She told me, I am not kidding you, she said, Lindsay, that is the best mattress I have ever laid on, and she's telling me that she sleeps better on it, and she already is up a lot at night, so I'm going to believe my grandma. I don't think she's just telling me that, so Grandma Sharon, shout out to you for having a Casper mattress, and... I'm going to take her word for it that the Casper is all that it's hyped up to be. So if you guys are in the market for a new mattress, check out Casper. I highly recommend them. Go to casper.com slash have another and use the promo code have another to get $50 toward the purchase of a mattress. And one more supporter of the show I want to shout out is Studio Sweden Headphones. They have a selection of headphones that include on-ear, in-ear, and Bluetooth options, all carefully crafted to be top-tier electronic products, as well as a stylish accessory. Perfect for listening to podcasts. They've just released a new wireless model specifically for those with an active lifestyle. They're very light, sweat-proof, and have nine hours of battery life. The sound quality is really awesome. Now, I have a pair of these headphones, and I will attest, I'm not just saying this, they're the best headphones I've ever used, and this is actually the first pair of wireless headphones I've ever used, and I really, really like them. I can't tell you how many times I've been running on the treadmill, and my aggressive arm swing when I'm like running hard (laughs) has yanked my headphones out of my phone, and then my phone falls, and I almost fall, and it's a complete mess. Um, so these are actually, these headphones are really awesome and you guys can get yourself a pair with 15% off discount. If you use the code, have another 15, I will have a link in the show notes to purchase those headphones. If you feel so inclined and if you do, let me know what you think. I really like them. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Molly. As always, thanks for listening to the sponsor spots and thanks for supporting the podcast. Did you feel like when you guys decided, like, we're going to really try to start a family and um, when you found out you were pregnant, did that give you, like, a whole new sense of, like, okay, this is it now. Yeah. Like, this is the new So, focus. getting pregnant was not easy, <laughs> which, you know, I kind of, like, in the back of my head kind of knew that, but I was like, maybe I'll just get lucky. Yeah. But, you know, my sister got pregnant the second she started trying. Yeah. Um, and so, we started trying before I even decided I was done running. Mm -hmm. Um, and it took six months Mm -hmm. for me to get, to get pregnant. And I started doing, um, I didn't have, I wasn't ovulating or anything. I got all those tests. Did you not have your period when you were in like high intense training? Three and a half years. I didn't have a period. Because that's interesting. Hot topic right now. I don't know if, do you know who Tina Muir is? Mm -hmm. 
she like had this huge explosion about talking about how she didn't have her period for eight years or nine years mm-hmm. or something. And then like what she did to get it back to try to get pregnant. And she basically ended up getting pregnant like the day she tried. But that's awesome. Right. <laughs> but go on, carry on. Yeah, so, so you didn't have your period for like so, three years. Like I would have it for like maybe a month in the off season when okay. I was the fattest of the year. Okay. Right. So when yeah. my coach would like, I wasn't running miles and I was just kind of in the relaxation stage. I think a lot of it was like emotion, like emotionally and physically combined. Mm-hmm. It was when I was in the most relaxed. I was always on vacation, mm-hmm. which is funny. I would always have my period on vacation because that was when I was like the most relaxed. Um, but in it's, I would say between my, between college and the professional, um, season was when I stopped having a period. Okay. Um, and it was, it was definitely because I lost, so much weight. I mean, I was, I was a pretty, like, pretty, like, hefty, like, what they would consider a pretty hefty college runner. Mm -hmm. And I still had a lot of success, but I knew that there was, if I was going to be, you know, in contention to make an Olympic team, I had to make dietary changes and weight room changes and all kinds of changes. So that was definitely when it happened. Um, And it wasn't concerning. I had low iron anyway, so my doctors weren't concerned about... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they were like, well, it's, it, your body is trying to preserve, you know, all of that. Um, and I wasn't unhealthy by any means. Were they like, that's okay if you do this for a few years, like, it's yeah, not going to like, ruin anything. And, you know, my father-in-law is an OBGYN, right. so he was, he was like, oh, it's just, it's going to work. You'll, you'll stop running and you'll turn right back into the way it was and it'll all be good. And, and honestly, it, for not having a, a period for that long and then and then just taking six months to get pregnant. And granted, I had to go on medication to get back to ovulating again and getting my body back to regular. Um, but, yeah, I found out in would have been, like, February that I was pregnant. So it was, like, the best day. I feel like I got... I feel like you told me really early. I somehow got in early. I think I was... We went on a run together, and I was, like, eight weeks pregnant or something. Yes, but... I don't remember what it was that I, I almost feel like it was even earlier than that. I don't know. Maybe it was. Well, we plant, I think we saw each other in the locker room at the Y. Oh yeah. And then we talked and then mm-hmm. we did a couple more runs after that. Yeah. Um, but I knew like, I was like super secret in on it before the world <laughs> yeah. knew. I was real special when I get in on it. And the funny thing is, is you were in on my pregnancy yeah. early. Because we recorded our oh, first Oh, we recorded. Interview. Yes. Yes. And I was like. Seven weeks pregnant with yes. myself. And I remember I was like, I don't remember if I, t- I think I told you before the interview. Yeah, you did. Because I was like, I'm just really tired. And I was like, just so you know. And I told you, even though you don't, we weren't even like, you know, close friends or anything. <laughs> but I was like, so if you don't see like pictures of me pregnant in like six months, you'll know that like. <laughs> Something didn't go right. Yes. Yeah. So like, don't worry about it. But just right now, this is why I'm so tired. Yeah. So yeah, so you found out in February. Okay. So, yeah, so then we ran together a few times, and we caught up on everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But tell me about running throughout your pregnancy. Yeah, it's been, um, I remember I hit, I think it was like 20, 29, or maybe it was like 26 weeks, and everything everything was like wonderful up to that point. I mean, I was barely feeling any pressure or anything like that, and um, I went for a run, and then I went out walking I think my parents were in town so we walked downtown a lot that day went for a walk all this stuff and I remember like having the worst muscle pain in my in my like round ligament pain 
um, lower abdominal pain, hip pain. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I only made it 26 Mm. weeks of running. Like, I think I have to stop. I mean, it was really, it was really bad. The next day I was extremely sore. And then I started just learning my body and knowing Mm. like, well, if I go on a run, then the rest of the day, I can't be like on my feet that much. Mm. So on days where I'm in the hospital and I have to be at clinical, um, for eight, eight and a half hours a day, I won't be able to run. And that's just, you know, it's fine. So and that's now, plenty of activity. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just been like kind of a learning process and, um, I've just been slowing down, but still be able to run four or five miles every other day. So is that what you do? Like, do you typically run every other day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every other day. Sometimes I'll take two days off depending on, um, you know what I have, if I'm on my feet a lot mm-hmm. the next day, then I won't run. So it's kind of nice just being able to dictate that kind of stuff. What does your natural like pace end up being when you're, well, now you're 36 weeks pregnant. I would, I think, um, probably about eight, eight minute pace. Okay. I think that's probably where. So I was probably slowing you down when we ran together. I don't think we were running that fast. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's I, always different when you're just talking to someone. Yeah. Talking, and that's yeah. more fun anyway. It is more fun. It doesn't yeah. matter. If I can find someone to run with, then yeah. I'll run as slow as you I want. know. It's sad that our schedules don't intersect anymore because now that you're in class. Yeah. I mean, it's most of the time I just get up really early. Oh, do you go at like six? I go at like, I go at like seven. My classes are at nine. So I get up at like 645, go about seven just because... Again, if I'm at class, then sometimes I come home and, like, like he, he's sitting in a weird mm-hmm. spot or, like, you know, something. Like, legs are starting to get sore from, like, sitting weird in the chair. So I'd rather just get up and feel good, run, and then, you know, Even not it. pregnant, nobody wants to wait till like, 6 p.m. I to know. run. It really is. Unless it's, like, a second run. run or just, like, a, you know, you're just... And you never feel good on second runs. No. So. It's just, like, a shakeout recovery thing. Yeah. Um... What do you think, what do you think after baby? So, um, for a while I was, it was hard for me to say I'm done running for good. Like it was really, when people would ask me like, are you going to come back? I would be like, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And it was, I just couldn't like fully say like, no, I'm done and I'm okay with it. And now I'm at the point where I can fully say I'm done and I'm okay with it. Um, because I, I think because I'm, I'm just so engulfed into my nursing life mm-hmm. and then being a mom that I have no doubt that I'm content mm-hmm. being done with running. Um, not running for fun. Right. Um, I still love running. And that part hasn't changed. Um, and I'll probably train for things just you for fun. You think you will? Just, you know, maybe like fun, fun training. Not, not let me go to Mount Sac and try to run 800. Like I'm not <laughs> going to do that stuff anymore. Um, but I really do enjoy running and whether it's, I'm going to compete or just be on a running group or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I'm excited. I graduate from nursing school next December and that seems soon. I'm it, sh- it sure doesn't seem soon to you. Does it? I mean, no, not in the grand, well, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. But to me, next like December. I we're I'm in the accelerated nursing program, yeah. so it's, it's really intense and it's bunched semesters are just bunched into like. I mean, our summer semester was two semesters bunched into a summer. That's so crazy. that was crazy. It slowed down a little bit now that it's fall, but um, I'm I'm just excited to to change careers. Like it's going to be so rewarding 
also. So I think that helps too. It's such a different career. It's so different. I mean, obviously you can't be a professional runner for ever anyway. <laughs> right. Like once you hit, I mean, what, I feel like Meb is like the oldest professional. He's like 42 maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Totally. I, and I've noticed how many things have translated from track, which is super surprising. Interesting. Like what? Um, just like, man, like the, just being able to adapt. Mm. That's like nursing is, is so like, you just never know what you're going to get. And I feel like my bedside manner, um, with patients and like being able to talk to different types of people. And I feel like that and, and this kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. I have so much experience with public speaking sure. and, um, interviewing and mm-hmm. just kind of like making people feel comfortable Mm -hmm. is something that I've done so much in the last seven years that that's a lot of nursing. It's a lot of like, how can I make this situation that's not good better somehow? Um, and of course that part of it is really hard for some people to learn. I mean, they can learn the books skills and the skills that you learn in clinical work and in nursing, but to learn the part of it, that's makes a situation awkward or, you know, Mm -hmm. when a nurse walks into a room and their patient wants your help and you can't talk to them and make them feel comfortable in a normal setting, it makes it really hard to, for them to trust you. So that's kind of like the biggest thing I've, I've picked up on that it, it translates. And it's also given me a lot of confidence. Yeah. Like just in general, like group settings. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's just been, it's been really interesting. And there's a lot of like nutrition and stuff that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, you know, didn't really know it, but I was learning a lot through the track process. Yeah. Do you know what kind of nurse you want to do be? Um, like what kind of floor you want to work on? Not really yet. Yeah. I've only had, I've had an ortho, um, which I thought I would be really interested in because I've had five knee surgeries and <laughs> been through a lot of physical therapy and orthopedic surgery, but I didn't have a lot of interest in it. Um, when I was doing it. Yeah. Um, right now I'm on an advanced pulmonary unit Okay, and that's a lot of like suctioning and a lot of, um, like uh, phlegm. And sounds gross. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of just like a lot of just hacking and stuff. And you know, you have to be a special person for that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have my labor and delivery rotation next. I was going to say, I feel like a lot of people fall in love with that. They do. And yeah. it's the most competitive area of nursing. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I love it. I haven't been to the rotation, but I'm in my class right now learning about it. And I don't know if it's because I'm pregnant yeah. that I'm so interested in it, um, but I am really excited about that. And um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I think I don't think that I could handle pediatrics, but mm. there might be an area of it that I could. Sure. Um, because I really do like working with either, you know, infants or children. Oh, man, that'd be tough. It would be tough. And everyone I've talked to who has kids said that they hated their pediatric rotation because they were at Riley Mm -hmm. with all the sick little kiddos and they just can't even. All you can do is picture if you were your kid. Absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm going to go through that and I have to, and that's fine. Yeah. But there might be an area of pediatrics that's not at Riley. They're not all at Riley. You know what I mean? Like. I have learned there's so many different options. Well, and not everything is super serious, too. I right. mean, like, I, I had to go back to Riley a couple times because Russell had, like, fluid on his kidneys when he was mm-hmm. born. But, like, 
that wasn't like whatever he had wasn't life threatening right. and super sad. And there's you know? well child visits, yes, nurses, and yes. you know I can work at a pediatrician's office. Yes, and, and then you have normal hours. <laughs> exactly, and that's another thing. It's like, well, if you work at a hospital, it's twelve hour shifts, uh-huh. and it, it's only three days a week, which is awesome. But then again, like weekends, yeah, you have to work holidays. weekends sometimes, and not synced with your husband's schedule. <laughs> right. Which has been the case for a lot of years already. <laughs> yeah, already. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm excited about it, though. So do you, now that, you know, you're done and you're, you're like, baby, nursing, do you enjoy watching track? Um, or does it make you, like, feel like you're missing out, FOMO? So it actually doesn't make me feel okay. like FOMO, which is a good sign. Yes. Because when I would watch track when I was like there was a year where I was injured Uh or I didn't make the team yeah that FOMO feeling is the worst feeling Mm -hmm. ever and I thought that I would have that and I don't so I I take that as I'm making the right decision yeah so um yeah and, and I enjoy keeping up with it I think um you know I think that I stopped running at a perfect time I think that like read we watched the final of um usa's this year mm-hmm. in the 800 mm-hmm. and it was like the fastest final that they've had and i don't even know how long and reed looked over at me and he's like would you have made that team and i was like no <laughs> that is the first time i could have told you that i 100 percent would have not made the team like mm-hmm. i wouldn't even even had a chance who made the team it was um Charlene, Lipsy, Ajay, and Brenda, mm. and they went 157, 157, 158. Mm. There's no way. I mean, I would not But you have... ran a 157. I know, and I just think that... I just don't think that after two rounds before that, I would have been okay. able to run a PR. Like, okay. that's kind of what... Mm-hmm. In, um, you know, Ajay went on mm. to break the American record this season. So, mm. that it makes sense that she could run that fast after three rounds. Right. So... Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it was kind of just like a, I didn't have that like jealous feeling that I hate having. Um, and, but I do enjoy watching it. I absolutely do. I still, you know, I still talk to a lot of the... Who are some of your favorite people to watch? Um, so my, probably my closest friends are, um, Nia Ali. She runs the Hunter Hurdles. She got a silver... I don't know who that is. Why? So she got a silver medal at the Olympics last, last, um, last year. And she actually came all the way from... Philly with her mom for my baby shower. Oh my goodness. So she sweet. was at Worlds. Um, she made the final, but then she flew like directly back to the U.S. and came to my shower. Oh my gosh. So I keep up with her. Um, What's her name again? Nia Ali. Okay. And then um, I keep up with Gabe. We talk mm. on a relatively normal basis. Um, and then 800 girl wise, uh, not, not too much. Brenda every once in a while. Yeah. But um, and then Alicia, I talk yeah. to pretty regularly just because yeah. we're kind of in the same boat. Yeah, right pregnant again. Mm-hmm. She's, is she like mid thirties though? She's my, or she's my age. I think she's 34. She's 33. So she's close. I think she's probably 33. Yeah. Maybe 32. She's not, she's not that much older than me. Yeah. Um, and I'm 30. So. Yeah. You think she'll come back? Um, that's hard for me to say. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't. Come on in, Reed. <laughs> You're in the middle you of the podcast. You look a lot like your dad right now. Doc? Thanks for food I'm cooking. No, thanks. Do I get to speak? Yeah, come in. Come say hello. Thanks We're just talking about how beautiful your wife is, 36 weeks pregnant. So beautiful. 
<laughs> I love you. Oh, I look love how sweet you. this is. <laughs> and for everybody listening, I went to high school with Reed, so this is just like... This is just normal stuff. Yes. Um, okay, yeah, that's a good point. Hard for you to say. Yeah, it's hard for me to say. I think she... I mean, she definitely could. Like, yeah. Like, she is... She's one of those, like, genetic yeah. freaks that, like, doesn't get injured or anything uh-huh. like that. Um, she did tell me that... I don't know if she was just, like on a rampage, but she did tell me that if she did come back, it would not be in the 800. Mm. It would be something in lo- lower distances. Oh, which like is the four? Crazy. Like the 400 hurdles or the 400? I can see her the doing that. She would never move up, though. Yeah. She's just too fast. If you if you were, so 800's your specialty, if you were to ever go up or down, what would you have done? Up. Up, for you sure. You would have gone to 15. Yeah. I mean, I just, I can't run the 400 very fast. And, yeah. like, that's the thing. Like, you just, you can't, like, make yourself run faster. Yeah. Like, you can make yourself run longer, yeah. but you can't make yourself run faster. So Yeah, okay. So, like, that's the interesting thing about the 800 meters. You're either, like, a, a longer or, a like, yeah. a 400 or a 15 mm-hmm. 800 meter runner? Yeah. Okay. And, like... And so Brenda's obviously a 15. Uh, yep. And Alicia's obviously a 400. Okay. And then, and then like, and then there's Ajay, who's, mm. <laughs> who's probably more... I would say more like 15, but she is like so perfect for the 800 because she can run really fast in the four mm. too. So she's like a, like a, just an absolute perfect combination to run the yeah. 800. Um, and she's but, super young, isn't she? Yeah. She's yeah. like 23 maybe. Um, what do you think your all time favorite memory in track is track and field? Um, I think, man, it's hard because I have a couple that really stick out. I think probably my favorite was the year that I graduated college, mm. and it was the first time I broke two minutes. Mm. And I had I had run two hundred two in college, and I ran one fifty nine randomly. And it was like the moment that I realized that this was something I was really good at, mm-hmm. and it was kind of an unknown to my coach and to my agent whether or not I was good enough to run as a professional mm. and that was like the defining moment for me sure and it was the craziest feeling that was definitely that's my my best memory and it was so long ago but I still remember it like it was better yesterday. than the 157 yeah yeah it was because I it was it was so shocking to yeah. me that I did that because 157 wasn't like it was it was kind of shocking because I I wasn't expecting it that day but I knew that that was in me at some point uh-huh um, but when I ran 159, I just, I remember my agent running over to me and being like, you did it. And I was like, what? Run two, 201? Like I, I was. You thought you PR'd. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was, and he's like, you just broke two minutes. And that was the craziest memory. And then, but then there's also when we broke the American record in the mm-hmm. four by eight, which mm-hmm. was really fun. Now who was on that team with you? It was, um, Alicia, Maggie and Chanel. Okay. Okay. So that was a really fun trip, and um, it was a great memory, but I don't think that it can be the 159, the first time I ran 159. Because awesome. was, I was one of nine or eight women to ever do it at uh-huh, the time, uh-huh. before it became like an everyday thing for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was, I was just like, oh my gosh, and you know, that moment was pretty cool. Well, you know, it's not every day, it's the 157. No. <laughs> <laughs> that gets you top seven fastest American yeah. female on the, in that distance. Um, okay, so when's your due date? October 18th. Okay. Probably, I'll probably still be pregnant October 20th. Do you think you, you have the feeling that you'll go late? Mm-hmm. Why? I think because 
I think because everyone keeps telling me I don't look like I'm 36 weeks pregnant. I just feel like yeah. I, I don't feel like someone who would uh-huh. feel at 36 weeks. Yeah. I think I just, I'm just so, I don't know. I mean, I hope not. My doctor told me she wouldn't induce me till 41 weeks in one day, though, so. I always felt the same way. Did you? Yeah, and people would tell me that a lot, and and I think, well, A, it's probably because we both ran a lot through our pregnancies, but also, like we were talking about earlier, like, when your torso's longer and you're carrying long, it doesn't go out as far. You just don't feel like. You just don't feel like, you know, like, there's people that are delivering the same week as me, and they're ankles or like cankles yes. already in their yes. hands and they're taking their rings they're off miserable. and I'm like I don't feel that at all and like yeah. thank goodness I don't feel it not that I don't feel like I'm pregnant because you know I can't I can't like I have to sit up really straight uh-huh. and like because you get like the, the rib, rib pain yes oh. the rib yes. pain um started a couple weeks ago and now it's like really strange yeah but um I remember like, that I remember when I delivered definitely the oh, worst. Yeah. I was just going to say, I remember when I delivered Russell, like, I just remember when he came, even though I had an epidural, when he came out, I just remember thinking, oh, oh the pressure off my ribs, yeah. like, oh. Especially when they're head down, they're just kicking you in the ribs. Yes. what I've been feeling. So, you know, just, so, like, obviously I'm feeling it, but I just don't think that I'm feeling it as bad as someone who's normally 36 weeks. That's yeah. why I think I'm going to be late. Yeah. I hope your water doesn't break tonight. <laughs> Me too. Um, well, one more thing. Did you know that you probably didn't know this because you've been studying all day? Marshall, my oldest, did the indie mini mini today, and I was thinking about this on the way over here. He raced the eight hundred. Did he really? <laughs> he did your distance. Oh wait, they, what is it downtown somewhere? Um, it's at the Speedway. Oh my gosh, he ran on the track. Yep, but it's a half a mile, which I felt like was pretty long for that a five year old. He cried the whole way. <laughs> I literally had to, all the parents had dropped the kids off, and I literally had to peel him off of me. I think it was really hot, and he was flustered, and we were running late. But then, so they go out, and they, like, turn around these cones and loop back. And so I ran down the stands to, like, be at the turnaround so I could be like, you know, you're halfway there, go. But he sees me and starts, like, crying, like, I want to get off the track. And I'm like, you, like, literally can't get over these, like, barricades. Like, you yeah, have to you run have to around. Keep going. So then he finished holding hands with one of the, like, 500 princesses. So it's funny because when he did the rookie run downtown a few months ago, he was, like, fast. Like, he won his heat. Really? And it's, like, way shorter, though. So I was like, oh, this is so exciting. Yeah. And then today, it's, like, definitely in the last 25% of the kids. (laughs) And he was, like, running and then walking and then crying and then holding hands with one of the princesses. It was just an off day. Yeah. I was like, all right, next year. We'll go get him next year. Well, then the age group was five to seven. So he was, like, on the younger oh, end of yeah, it. Yeah. And, like, but long distances are hard. Like, it's, they, it's just hard for kiddos to think, like, that's a long time for me. I know. I was like, buddy, listen, start start out and jog. Yeah. Like, jog the I first know. half of the race. I've been volunteering for Girls on the Run, which is way older than him, uh-huh. in third and fourth grade and they do not know how to jog in the beginning yeah it is a full-out sprint and then a walk (laughs) right exactly (laughs) oh man well molly thank you so much for doing this i know everybody's gonna love like this update on your life and what's going on great time yeah all right all right everybody thanks so much for listening today thank you molly for inviting me and welcoming me into your home that was so fun 
I want to thank Kind Snacks, Casper Mattress, and Studio Sweden Headphones for supporting this episode of the podcast. All the information about those sponsors are in the show notes. Check them out. You guys, if you're loving the show, if you haven't already done so, head over to iTunes. Leave me a rating and review. You know, like I always say, it's one of the best ways for potential new listeners to find us. So when you leave a rating and review, that is one of the best ways you could support this podcast. And I really appreciate each and every one of them. I check those reviews every single day. That's how excited I get when I see them come in. If you're still on the fence about the live show, I encourage you to come out and have fun with us. Go to lindsayhine.com for all the details on that. Hey, you can follow me on Instagram, lindsayhine626. You can also find me on Twitter, at lindsayhine. Holler at me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine as well as our group. And join our book club. We have a book club going on. There's just, there's no strings attached to this book club. It's just a book club for fun because it's fun to read along with other people and then talk about it and... You know, who has time for in-person book clubs? I mean, some of us do, or we choose to make time for it, but this is a fun way to do it online. We're reading Option B by Sheryl Sandberg right now, and it's really, really good. All right, I want to say thanks again to everybody who has left me a kind message on Facebook or Instagram um, about my mother-in-law who passed away last week, and I will tell you guys, um, reading this book, Option B, has really shed a light for how I want to approach people and treat them and be there for them and show up for them when they go through something hard. And, um, I'm telling you every single comment that people have sent, my husband has read every single one of them. And he, he like goes and checks my page and reads the comments because it feels good when people express condolences and just show up for you and say one nice word. So thank you guys all so much for that. And, um, yeah, I just really appreciate this community so much. All right, guys, um, have a wonderful weekend. Have a great Friday. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.